Hello, this is Emily from Sounds from the Shadows, and I am joined by Squire, one of the snoring doggos who you might hear snuffling away through this mini episode. Before I get to the story, I just have a few announcements I'd like to make. First is about the Hullabaloo Festival. The Hullabaloo Festival is a children's art festival which normally takes place in County Offaly, Ireland, but this year, due to, well, you can probably guess what, it's all happening online. There are online shows for all the family, pre-recorded tutorials and some interactive workshops. It starts on Wednesday the 28th. You can find a link to the programme down in the episode description. And if you're looking through the programme, you might recognise something because Tales from the Shadows are taking part. There is a shadow puppet show, scaled down from our usual ones due to social distancing, and that will be going up on the evening of the 29th. And then on the 30th, which also happens to be my birthday, I will be running a Zoom workshop on making spooky shadows, and it's aimed at children from six up. So if you do have any little monsters and you're looking for a way to entertain them, check out the Hullabaloo Festival, and it'll be running from the 28th to the 30th of October. You can find out more at hullabaloofestival.ie and the link is in the description below. And Squire has decided that he wants to lick my hands. I've been putting on a lot more hand cream since I'm using a lot more hand sanitizer, which does dry out my fingers a bit. And it has almond oil in it, which Squire seems to find particularly delicious. The Hullabaloo Festival is something for little monsters, but for the slightly older monsters, Nisha, Shannon, myself and Stephen, also known as Hog and Dice, will be getting together on the 39th to do a live storytelling stream on YouTube. And we will be doing this under the name Unlicensed Oral Arts. We'll be kicking off at half seven Irish time. Fingers crossed there are no technical difficulties. And this is recommended for mature ears only, as not only will we be telling some spooky stories, but when you get a lot of storytellers together in a room or in a virtual space together, well, the content gets a little bit strange. And if you'd like to hear what strange tales we end up telling, the YouTube channel is linked below. There's nothing on the channel at the moment. The live stream on the 29th will be our maiden voyage on this channel. And we hope to repeat them monthly, as well as putting up the occasional solo video. I think those are all the announcements I have for the moment. So it's time to get on to the story. And the story I'm about to tell you, it's one we've discussed a long time ago on the podcast. I think back in the Stepmothers episode. That was a long time ago. And while it mightn't at first glance appear to be a Halloween story, I think it has a number of themes that are uniquely suited to Halloween including gorging yourselves on sweets and meeting a witch. Once upon a time, a woodcutter and his wife lived deep in the forest. They had two children, a boy and a girl, named Hansel and Gretel. Though they were not rich, the woodcutter had always been able to put bread upon the table and feed his family, but one day that all changed. A terrible dearth had fallen upon the land, Animals would not fatten and crops would not grow and all about there was hunger and famine. The woodcutter and his family did what they could to survive, scavenging nuts and mushrooms from the forest they lived in. But when winter came, their larder was bare and soon their bellies began to ache. The woodcutter's wife tried to stretch out what provisions they had 
but the broth she made grew more and more watery as the days passed. At first, she would distract the children when they went to bed with empty bellies by telling them stories and singing them songs. But as her own hunger grew more intense, she became sharper and harder with them. For it was not only hunger that was gnawing away at her. It was also fear. This was not the first time famine had visited these lands. And she remembered hearing stories of what had happened before, about people dying of starvation about families being driven mad with hunger, driven so mad that they even started to eat each other. One night, as she lay beside the woodcutter in their bed, she turned to him and said, Husband, we have no more food to feed our children. Tomorrow you must take them deep into the woods and leave them there. The woodcutter was horrified by this. If I leave the children alone in the woods, surely they will freeze to death or wild animals may come and tear them apart. If they stay here, all four of us will slowly starve. Better a quick death by claw and fang, or to slip away in sleep under a blanket of snow is better than that. And the woodcutter, he could not argue with his wife. But Hansel, the little boy, he had not been able to sleep because he was so hungry and he had listened to their words. And so, the next day, when the woodcutter told his children that they were to accompany him deep into the woods, Hansel filled his pocket with stones and pebbles, and as they walked, he dropped them one by one. When they were in the very deepest part of the forest, the woodcutter built a small fire and told his children to wait there. As the children sat by the fire, it began to snow, the snow covering up their footsteps. They huddled closer to the flames, but as time went on, the fire grew smaller and smaller, and the night grew darker and darker. The children waited, but still their father did not return. At last Gretel turned to her brother and said, Oh, brother, I think father has forgotten about us. How will we ever find our way home in the dark? Hansel, though, pointed up at the moon which was shining in the sky, and then down at the ground glimmering through the snow, could just be made out the pebbles he had scattered on his way into the forest. And so slowly the children followed the pebbles, and when the sun rose, they found themselves at their own door. The woodcutter was delighted to see his children again, but the words of his wife still echoed in his ears. If the children stay here, we will all four starve. And so he went into the kitchen and took the two last pieces of bread that they had. He gave one to Hansel and one to Gretel, and then, taking them each by the hand, began to lead them back out into the forest. Hansel had not had time to collect more stones, so as they went, he crumbled up his piece of bread in his pocket and left a trail of breadcrumbs behind them. When they had walked for a great deal of time and had gone deep into the forest, the woodcutter again began to build a fire. He told his two children to sit by the fire, and then he left. The children waited, but when it began to grow dark, Gretel began to cry. Oh no, father has forgotten us, and we will never find our way back home. Hansel told her though not to worry. He had scattered breadcrumbs. They would easily be able to follow the crumbs home. But when the children looked for the trail of breadcrumbs, they found that the hungry birds had come down and gobbled them all up. Hansel too then began to cry, for he knew without a trail they would never find their way home. 
the two sobbing children sat by the fire, trying to keep it alive, and when the sun rose, Gretel broke her bread in half and shared it with her brother. The bread was stale and tough, but they gnawed away at it, for they were very hungry. When the bread was gone, the children looked at each other and decided they could not sit there. They must try to find their way out of the woods. The two children set off, not knowing if they were walking towards or away from their home. They walked and walked and walked for as long as the sun was in the sky. When the sun set and night came, they huddled together by the base of a large tree, each trying to keep the other awake, for they knew if you fall asleep in the snow, you might never wake up. When the sun rose, they were hungrier than they had ever been, but they got up and again began to walk, and again they walked all day, not knowing which direction they were going in. It began to grow dark, and they had still not found their way out of the woods. Gretel began to cry. She was so hungry, and she was so tired. Hansel himself was barely keeping tears back, but then he thought he saw something. He rubbed his eyes with his cold fingers to make sure. Yes, Yes, he could see a light coming from up ahead. He grabbed his sister's arm and tugged her towards the light. As they got closer, they saw it was a light coming from a window, a window of a little cottage. The children began to cry with joy. Oh, surely whoever lived in this cottage would let them in. Perhaps they might even have some food to spare for the two hungry children. Hansel and Gretel ran up to the cottage. There was smoke coming out of the chimney and a wonderful smell, a sweet spicy smell, a warm, delicious smell, a smell that was like, that was like gingerbread. When they were at the cottage, they saw this was no ordinary cottage. The entire house was made of gingerbread, loaves upon loaves of gingerbread stacked like bricks. Gretel reached out one shivering hand and tore a piece off. Hansel, it is gingerbread! Hansel took a handful himself and stuffed it in his mouth. The house was not just made of gingerbread. Lemon icing cemented the loaves together. The windows were made of spun sugar. The path to the door was sugared almonds, and the door itself was shortbread, coated in coloured caramel. The ravenous children ate away at the house, gorging themselves on the sweet and the sticky. But at last, the shortbread door was pushed open, and a voice came from inside. What little mice are nibbling away at my house? Gretel wiped her face and called out to the voice. Oh, oh, sorry, we, we didn't mean to, but oh, we are so hungry and it smelt so good. The voice from inside the house laughed. Very good, but if you keep nibbling away, my house shall fall down on my head. Come inside. I have better things for you to eat inside. And so the two sticky children walked up the path of sugared almonds and in through the shortbread door. The inside of the cottage was full of all of the sweet smells of baking, of fresh bread and buttered toast, of biscuits and cookies and all the good homemade things. There was a table there and chairs and a great big oven. There was also a figure, the owner of the voice. Sit down, my little doves, and let me get you something good to eat. She appeared to be an old woman, covered in shawls and scarves, and walking with a stick. 
She went up to the great oven and opened its great door. She took out a tray, a freshly baked pie. She placed it on the table and cut two hearty slabs, giving one each to the children. She got them fresh milk to drink as well. The children ate and drank all she put in front of them. And when their bellies were full to bursting, she showed them to two perfect little beds. And as soon as their heads touched the pillows, they were fast asleep, grateful for having found such a kind old woman to look after them. But this was not a kind old woman. This was a witch, the witch of the woods. And she had smelt the children coming. She was a very old witch and her eyes couldn't see much, but her sense of smell was unrivaled. As the children lay sleeping, she bent over each of them and took in a deep sniff. (sniffs) Delicious, she said, leaning over Hansel. She felt his arm with her claw-like fingers. But too skinny, too skinny by half. I shall fatten him up and then, oh, what a succulent delight he shall be. She leant over Gretel's bed and again took in a deep sniff. Oh, oh no, this one is not to my tastes at all. But never mind, she shall work for me. She shall help me to fatten up her delicious brother. And when I have gobbled him up, I can use her bones to pick my teeth. When the children woke up in the morning, they found the witch had made porridge. When they sat down, she loaded ladle upon ladle of porridge into Hansel's bowl, topping it off with cream and sugar and cinnamon. But she gave only half a spoon to Gretel. When Gretel asked why Hansel had got so much more, the witch snapped at her. Ungrateful child, I invite you in out of the goodness of my heart after I find you trying to vandalise my home and all you do is complain. Well, from now on, girl, if you want to eat, you must work for it. And she snatched the bowl away from Gretel. Go fetch water when you have brought back enough water to fill that pot, she said, pointing at a great cauldron. Then you can eat. Gretel went and did as the witch asked. She went back and forth between the house and the well. By the time the great cauldron was full and she was able to sit down to eat her small bowl of porridge, Hansel was already on his fourth serving. So it went on all through the day. The witch would load up Hansel's plate, but to Gretel she gave only a tiny amount. And if Gretel complained, the witch would snap at her and snatch away the food. That night Hansel fell asleep as soon as his head touched the pillow, for it is very easy to fall asleep when you have eaten a great deal. But Gretel felt something was, something was not quite right. And so she lay in bed with her eyes closed, but her ears open. She heard the witch coming up to their beds, her stick tapping on the ground. She heard the witch lean forward and take in a great sniff. Oh, what a tasty boy he will be. She reached out to feel his arm. But not fat enough. Not yet. Once he's good and plump, I shall gobble him up. Gretel stayed very, very still until she heard the witch move away. Then she rolled over and began to shake her brother. Hansel, Hansel, you must wake up. 
It was very difficult to rouse Hansel out of his food coma, but eventually he looked at his sister with bleary eyes and asked her what was the matter. The woman! She is not a kindly old grandmother. She is a witch, and she plans to gobble you up. We must go quickly. Grab as much food as you can, stuff your pockets, and then we will run back into the woods. At least there we will be safer. The children got out of their beds as quietly as they could. They took one of the pillowcases off the bed and used it as a sack, which they filled with as much food as they could carry. Just as they were creeping towards the door, though, the witch, who had been nodding by the fire, suddenly snapped wide awake. Oh, sneaking off like little thieves in the night, are we? She lunged forward and grabbed each of the children with a strength neither would have believed her capable of. She threw Hansel into a cage. She picked up the pillowcase and sniffed at it. Mmm, you wanted a little bit of a midnight snack? Well, boy, eat, eat, eat it all. Gretel stood there frozen to the spot with terror as the witch reached into the pillow bag, pulled out a handful of food and began to stuff it into Hansel's mouth. We can't have you going hungry now, can we? said the witch as she forced Hansel to eat every bit of the food that the children had hoped to run away with. And you, girl, said the witch, pointing at Gretel. You shall clean. I want this place scrubbed from top to bottom. And don't think you can slack off. Just because I can't see the dirt doesn't mean I don't know it's there. And so Gretel was forced to clean, to scrub and to sweep to chop wood and to fetch water from the well. And if she did not obey the witch's orders quickly enough, she was not given any food. All the while Hansel was kept in his cage, the witch would force him to eat and to eat and to eat. If he refused to eat, the witch would beat Gretel with her broomstick. And every day the witch would tell Hansel to stretch out his arm so that she might pinch it and feel how fat he was getting. Both children knew once Hansel was fat enough, the witch would kill them both and eat Hansel. Gretel, though, was clever. And one day, when she was gathering wood, she found a bone. When she walked past Hansel's cage, she slipped the bone between the bars of the cage. Hansel took the bone, though he did not know what it was for. Gretel then mimed at Hansel to put the bone up his sleeve, and he understood what she meant. The next time the witch came to see how fat he was getting, instead of holding out his arm, Hansel held out the bone wrapped in his sleeve. The witch pinched it and cried out, Oh no! Oh, you have lost so much weight! Oh, you are now skin and bone! I must feed you twice as much. And this trick worked. Every day when the witch went to feel how fat Hansel was getting, he held out the bone in his sleeve, and every day the witch would moan that he was so skinny. I do not understand it. I can smell a plump, juicy child. Oh, but your arm is so thin. The trick only lasted so long, though. The witch began to grow suspicious. One day she asked Ansel to hold out his arm so she could feel how fat he was, and he held out the bone in his sleeve. The witch pinched at the bone, and then said, Hmm, now, boy, hold out your other arm. Hansel didn't have time to think before the witch grabbed his other arm and said, Yes, just as I thought, nice and juicy, perfectly ripe. 
and ready to be eaten. She ordered Gretel to go and get more wood for the fire. The witch heated up the great oven until it was glowing red. Girl, she screeched at Gretel. Come here. Nervously, Gretel stepped forward. I want you to check that the oven is heated all the way through. She opened the great door. Get in there and tell me if it is hot at the back. Gretel felt certain that if she was to climb into that great oven, she would never come out again. You, you want me to get, get into the oven? Yes, girl. Crawl into the oven. But, but I don't know how to. What? What a stupid girl you must be! It's easy. Just crawl in. But, but how do I start to crawl into the oven? The witch was frustrated with this stupid girl. You start by putting your head in, of course," said the witch, poking her own head into the oven to demonstrate. And quick as a flash, Gretel pushed her. The witch tumbled forward, and Gretel pushed and heaved until all of the witch was inside the oven. And then she slammed shut the door. The oven was more than hot enough, and the witch screamed as she was baked inside her own oven. Gretel ran to Hansel's cage. She unlocked the door, and then the two children ran as fast as they could from the gingerbread cottage. The screams of the witch still echoing in their ears. They ran until they came to a river, a river too wide for them to cross. What, what should we do now? Said Hansel, panting, for he was very out of breath. Gretel looked about. She could not see a bridge, but she pointed. There was a flock of swans. Perhaps, brother, if we asked them, they might bring us across the river. The children ran up and asked the swans if they would take them across the river, and the swans, being unusually nice swans, agreed. Hansel stepped onto the swans' backs and held out his hand to help Gretel on after him, but Gretel shook her head. No, brother, we can only cross one at a time. If we go together, we will be too heavy for the poor swans. Hansel did not want to be without his sister. The two had never been apart, and each knew if it was not for the other, they would have perished. But he saw that Gretel was right. The swans took Hansel across the river, and then returned back and took Gretel across. And then, hand in hand, the two children went away together, and presumably, lived happily ever after. I hope you enjoyed that retelling of Hansel and Gretel, and I hope you found it suitable for Halloween. I know this Halloween is rather different than previous Halloweens have been. Here in Ireland, we're back in full lockdown, which means no Halloween parties and no trick or treating. So I've been coming up with an alternative way to do trick or treating, one that is COVID compliant. I've been doing it by post with some of my cousins. I've asked them to draw me a picture of what they would have dressed up as. If it had been a usual Halloween, and send it to me, that's the trick. And then in return, I post them out the treat. We're currently not allowed to travel more than five kilometers away from our homes, so for those who live a bit closer, I am delivering their treats while dressed as a witch. I've done one witch delivery so far, and I've got a few more to do on Halloween itself. But being dressed up as a witch and handing sweets to children. That was what reminded me of Hansel and Gretel, and made me decide to do it as a mini episode. I'd love to hear if any of you have come up with interesting alternatives for how to do Halloween this year. If you'd like to get in contact, we're on social media as Tales from the Shadows. There's links below in the episode description. On Twitter, we are at Tales Shadows. On Facebook and Instagram, we are Tales from the Shadows. 
There's also a link to our Patreon and our Ko-fi below in the episode description if you'd like to help us in some way. Sorry, Squire is next to me and he's just started to snore. So that's what the weird noise is. And if you're looking for more things to do over the spook season, check out the Hullabaloo Festival and the inaugural storytelling livestream of Unlicensed Oral Arts. Thank you for listening. Stay spooky. Stay safe. Now go wash your hands.